Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon, it's double trouble. Just the two of us today. I'm your host, Dave McConvo, and as per usual, I'm joined by Patrick McGill. Patrick, how are we on this rainy wet Tuesday? Not bad. Uh, thankful for being able to do this inside instead of outside because the weather's absolutely shocking. But um, nope, looking forward to the game on Thursday. Yep, we are looking forward to the game on Thursday. Obviously, since we were last on, we've played in Germany and Europe. And we've had a victory against Aberdeen at Celtic Park. So we'll get into all that. But um, we'll kick off our tagline. Um, obviously, it's Dece- we're getting into December now. We're just the last day in November. And the transfer rumours are going to be ramped up majorly. We've already seen loads of players um, linked with Celtic so far. Probably due to the fact that the squad is so so threadbare. I think, you know, if you look at the bench uh, last Thursday evening and even on Sunday, there's not a lot to come off it still. And even though what is there. I don't think Celtic fans are particularly trusting of, even though there is a £5 million striker on the bench. I, you know, I still don't think Celtic fans are completely convinced that when you bring Albi Ayeti on into a game that he'll do the job for you. So, um, there's a lot of links and there's obviously a lot of links with uh, Ange Postecoglou's former league, the G-League. Um, we've saw one player come in from there in Kyogo Furuhashi, who's an absolute superstar and he uh, Last night, I think it was the Daily Record that broke the news that Rio Hitate, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, if there's any Japanese listeners or anybody that knows the league well, please do correct me, um, could be set to join Celtic and possibly play before the December break and be in right away in the 1st of January. Um, and Postacoglu, people think that it would solve his defensive problems, Patrick. He's a versatile defender and would likely slip in at left back. This would surely, you know, be a deal that we're all probably be happy with. Yep, absolutely delighted if it goes through. Um, I think he's he's the the man that can play half a season at defensive midfield and half a season at left back. And I think it's probably two areas where we've got absolutely loads of cover, but none of them seem to be 
trusted by Ange. You know, we've seen Beaton, Sorrow, and McCarthy in that role throughout the season, and I think Beaton's almost making it his own. Uh, unfortunately, he went off injured, of course. But you know, I think we've got like five left back options, and we're still playing a right back at left back. So. <clears throat> wherever Anne chooses to play him, when and if he comes in, I think he'd be a welcome addition. And I, I don't know what the rules are with the transfer window. I think you said there he could come in as early as the 1st of January. Um, Possibility. I, I don't, Depends I don't know on it, paperwork, I think, is going to be the biggest sticking point for this yeah, year. And yeah. obviously, COVID is still an ever-changing situation. We're getting players into the country in isolation periods too. Plus, fitness-wise, he'll have played a full season by that point as well, you know. Um but, you know, I think it would come too early for the game against uh, Rangers for the game at Celtic Park. So I think you're probably looking at Alloa in the Cup for a debut there if he has to come in early. But, uh, no, looking forward to it. And hopefully he's the first of many January signings. Um, we've got some greetings coming in from Belfast from Paddy. Good afternoon. We've also got Robert. Morning <coughs> order. Hello. Um, but as you just rightly pointed out, Patrick Donnie's come in here to say that he, you know, he's played a full season. Um, that probably is a worry because we don't want burnouts when we get into you know March, April, May time. Obviously, we'll get two, three weeks off in, in January time. But like Kyogo, um, who doesn't seem to run out of energy at all again on Sunday. You know, he wasn't getting fed a lot of balls, but he was chasing down absolutely everything, which was forcing Aberdeen uh, into making uh, mistakes. But um, Hatati's out of contract. Um, you know, I think Celtic transfer policy and strategy over the past, you know. Many years has been one that we've all kind of looked at and thought, mm, it's a bit bizarre, but we certainly do have a manager in here. And it's clear this is an Ange Postecoglou signing rather than a, a Celtic signing, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Um, you know, the signings this season have been, I think they've been they've been relatively good. I think we've brought in 12 players and I don't think you could write any of them off so far. Um, you know, not all of them have, have played a lot of games. Not all of them have um, played well. But it is still very early in all their careers. And, you know, guys like Kyogo, Jota, Abada and Joe Hart, you know, Carter Vickers as well, all came in and done a wonderful job. So um, it's been a bit scattergun in the past, especially with people like Ayeti and Barkas, as you spoke about. But hopefully it's getting better. I think we say that every year, but hopefully it's getting better. Um, I I seen that comment there saying that Hatate looks quite decent for all the YouTube clips. Uh, I abstain from that now totally because I convinced myself that Bio was going to five us to ten in a row. Uh, so I, I'll be honest, I've not seen any of Hatate. But if Andrew rates him, then you know you've got to trust the process and just just roll with it. Yeah, and this is another really interesting point coming out here from Lanky sixty seven, and it was something that Ange spoke about in a press conference a couple of weeks ago, Patrick. He was saying that he wasn't just going to sign players to, to basically up the numbers in the team. He was going to want to bring people in that really fitted and suited the system. And obviously this boy, you know, if he's so versatile to play, you know, left-back, central midfield and on that left-hand side, then that's surely the type of player that really does suit an Ange Postecoglou's system. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'm not. I'm sure everyone knows by now I'm no fan of pl- playing players out of position. But, you know, if he's a sort of Charlie Mugru type player, where he is genuinely quite comfortable in several different positions and definitely a welcome addition to the squad. Um, I think just looking at the stats from this season, he has mainly played uh, central midfield and left-back, which is where I was getting that from. But, I mean, if he's able to play left-wing, a bit like Adam Montgomery, he's not played it recently, but he can play there, then, you know, just another added benefit. And, uh, yeah, I think we're meant to be bringing in Maeda from Japan as well, who's a winger or attacking midfielder, so... We'll hopefully have plenty of options in the second half of the season. Yeah, we hopefully do. And, you know, it's a market that I don't think a lot of uh, European teams are, are looking at. And I think that's one of the, the massive benefits that we've had from Ange coming into the club because, you know, Celtic, we're shopping in markets and, and we all knew about, you know, looking at Premier League players like a Yeti that wasn't really, you know, getting a turn. And then some other guys that have been brought in, obviously we had some really great dealings, bringing in some of the younger French guys that have went on to make us a pretty penny, but um, it's good that we're shopping in markets once again that, you know, people won't look at, but can benefit us in, in Kyogo. I think one of the things me and you spoke about, you know, when I and, and Edward 
went out the building was who are we going to have for, for those big on you know selling fees at one point obviously we don't want us to sell our best players but we know that the model of Celtic is player trading you know it's essential especially in the Covid world it's essential and bringing in guys like, like this who are going to be further developed and coached by Ange you're probably going to make a pretty penny off them because it's as if at this point there's still a kind of European snobbiness which is one of the things that a lot of Celtic fans, a lot of people are just accused of when Ange got the job because we didn't know much about the G League. But the standard player that's producing, I mean, if we get anything like Hugo for the Hashi, they're, they're going to give us something that we just don't have in the team at this moment in time. Yeah, I think just about every football club in the world probably uh, is hindered by sort of geographical bias. They probably have more scouts closer to where they are in the world than what, you know, they maybe should have and you know Europe has sort of creme de la creme for professional football league football you know Bundesliga Spanish league but when it comes to scouting guys who are 16, 17, 18 there will they'll be talented players all over the world so it is important as Ange said to cast a net far and wide um, I'm going to slightly disagree with you actually on selling players I think it's especially with people like Boyata Simunovic and Encham you know we could have netted 20 million for those three guys and mm. for the sake of holding on to them because we hadn't you know either we didn't have a player ready to come in or we didn't think we could replace them with similar quality we chose not to sell them uh, we should have yeah and all three of them went for nothing at the end of their contracts uh, I think we actually terminated uh, Cham's contract but mm-hmm. you know we could have get just over 20 million for those three I think if the, the, the rumoured fees were accurate um, but no, I think uh, I read somewhere that we have a, a scout or two in Japan and we'll have Angie's knowledge as well. But I think it is important we have a couple in every continent because, um, you know, Brexit as well will impact our ability to buy European players. So just need to look for the best value for money. Yeah, and again, it's trying to build a team. I think you know, a lot is for Gate 12 came in in the summer. It's a massive turnover. And then we're probably going to add a good few in and, and try to get that right balance and right mix of players coming into the squad and actually just integrating into the squad. And, you know, Johnny's come in the comments to say just what we need players that want to play for Celtic now. Um, Atati is out of contract at the end of January and going by this this newspaper article, he is <coughs> wanting to come to Celtic to join his fellow countryman in Kyogo. Um, that, that also shows a, a real hunger to, to play under Ange because there must be other players in this league now having a look at Kyogo and thinking quite fancy a bit of that and you know maybe players that didn't know a lot about Celtic or know a lot about Scottish football certainly be looking at it and seeing the platform it's given especially Kyogo's performances in the Europa League which a lot more will take notice of than just the SPFL Yeah 100% and you know even if it's a promising youngster who wants to make his way to Europe he'll be looking at Celtic and thinking this is literally the best possible route that I can take from Japan into one of the top five European leagues. Because, you know, managers and players have all done it, going to Celtic and then to England, Celtic then, you know, Italy, Bundesliga. Um, so whether it's a, a player like Kyogo who's 26 in his prime and you can slot straight into the team, or whether it's an 18-year-old who it might take a year or two, <clears throat> and then we can move him on and he can get his big move and stuff like that. But no, the, the comment's absolutely right. Anyone who doesn't want to play for the club obviously shouldn't be at the club. And uh, I think that's the problem that we've had into last season, actually, with the, the three or four players uh, who didn't want to be there. Uh, seriously hindered our, our title chances. Not only that, we didn't get as much money for them as what we should have done. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, two of those players that Sean's coming in the comments, and I'm going to throw this one over to you and I'll answer it as well. He is concerned that we might get rid of more players in January just through the financial situation, I assume, or just everything else and not replace them, just like we did with Christian Edward. We still didn't replace him. Uh, we need to add numbers. Now, I would say that Kyogo was quite a seamless transition, actually, the replacement for Edward. Obviously, we saw the two of them featured against uh, Hearts in the League Cup, and um, they linked up pretty well. I think Kyogo actually played out in the wing and Edward up top. But I would say Kyogo's been quite a seamless transition and obviously we were watching Ryan Christie play under Ange at first. Jotis came in, you know, and has fitted like a glove. So I would say we've replaced those two fairly okay. As long as we go, obviously, go out and buy Jota, that'll be done. Do you get any concerns that 
Celtic board would look at anybody and try and punt them in January? Or is it now the point that they know they need to give this guy uh, what he wants to succeed? And that the gamble and get doing that is well worth it if you win the league this year? The gamble's definitely worth it. Um, I think we actually replaced Edward quicker than what everyone imagined because we started Edward up front at Ibrooks, played Kyogo at a position, and I think the general consensus is if we played Kyogo through the middle, we'd have fared better. I'm not saying we would have won or drawn, but I think we'd have fared better because he definitely suits Angie's system a lot more. Uh, aye, independent uh, as of yesterday from uh, the monarchy. Anyway, there we go. This isn't a politics um, show. Uh, no, but it definitely does suit his system a lot more. And um, yeah, I, I'm also in agreement with you. And again, that's down to the manager. And I think, you know, Celtic Board really get lucky in getting Anjan because had you noted somebody that was maybe looking at these matches, we might have had Eddie Howe looking at Dominic Solanke and try to bring him up for eight or nine million quid. And I don't know how well that would have worked out for us. Disaster. Uh, I mean, looking back on that time, it's... You're so delighted that that fell through, you know, unbelievable to say it, but what a miracle that was that 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 didn't transpire. But no, when it comes to selling players in January, you know, I think if we get an offer for like 30, 40 million for Kyogo, you have to take a a bid like that because even if you just spend 10, you're probably replacing them. But, you know, a bid like that isn't going to come in, but uh, you've just got to make sure you take take a bid like that when it, when it does come in on Christie actually I was you know we all know about his horror season last season along with every other player but I was quite disappointed when he left because I thought he was a crucial part of the system early in the season but as you say Jotas came in five in all cylinders and just hit the ground running and arguably our best player at the minute mm, he absolutely is and he's, he's got the weekend we'll obviously get on to, to the Aberdeen game but it's another cracking goal and um, crucial again last Thursday evening uh, too but um, no, one of our listeners, usual listeners um, coming in to say two Japanese boys in plus Doig, now I know you were a fan of Josh Doig Patrick, um, I've not been too impressed on this season at Hibs I thought um, he's, he's not been as consistent as he was last season um, and then a box to box midfield and maybe a number 10 4 or 5, we can do it could you imagine as many bodies as that? And, and do you think Celtic would look at Doig again? Or do you think that ship has sailed for Celtic? Um, I mean, if you're going to sign the two Japanese boys, plus Doig, plus a, another box-to-box midfielder, you've got a hell of a lot of midfielders and left-backs there. I mean, you can never have enough, but I just don't think it's likely that we go for Maeda and Doig, if I'm being honest. Not Maeda, eh, Hatate and Doig. Um I'll be honest, I've only seen Hibs when Celtic have played them this season. I thought against Celtic he fared okay, but uh, you know, I think you must have seen him more than I have, so I'm not entirely sure. What I will say is they are having a poorer season compared to last mm. season. So, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's probably quite difficult to judge a player. Um, 
I, I am slightly biased in favour of Scottish players. I think I've I've realised that over the past couple of months. So I don't know if I'm being totally honest in my judgment of Doig. Um, but you know, as I said a minute ago, we do have quite a few left backs, and I think Adam Montgomery is quite a promising young Scottish left back as well. Not only that, Doig's just signed a six-year deal with Hibs, so how likely that is, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think we could do with a few more bodies, depth-wise. I think you're probably looking at maybe right back and up front for the players coming off the bench. Yeah, um, again, we'll touch on Bayer Leverkusen and the, the whole debacle around the subs. I know some people have said that he should have made the subs, people have said he should have made the subs, and then we all know what was actually... You know, they're in the bench to actually make those substitutions. But Damien's come in here in the comments. Here. Good afternoon from West Belfast. Good afternoon, Damien, from both of us. Um, for the first time in years, I'm actually looking forward to a Jindy transfer window with optimism. Um, I would say I'm looking quite forward to this January transfer window, Patrick. I mean, probably the last time we all get excited in a January transfer window was when Robbie Keane signed under Tony Mowbray all those years ago. Um, if you look at you know the past couple of years, I think it's John Joe Kenny, as Malia Soro and Patrick Clamalla is what we've brought in. So you know, not much to be desired at this moment in time. But I think the whole language around you know rebuild and everything else, we knew it was going to take a good couple of transfer windows to do it. We're probably well ahead of the curve where Celtic fans thought we would be at this point in time, sitting just the day before we head into December. We've got ten games um, before the winter break and. Uh, nine games before the window actually opens, I, I would just assume that you're optimistic about this January transfer window, and you just hope that you know the manager is given what he wants in this transfer window. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I think that. I mean, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I think everyone suspects that the two Japanese guys, Maeda and Hatati, are sort of over the line. Uh, no one's Celtic will probably take them until the the last hour of the window to confirm. The, the second of those signings but um, if Robert we can get those thinks that the, this market is right up our seat with the prices and I would tend to be here <laughs> I think that they really do set our prices price range Aye. and we can trust Ange to, to sign the right players sorry if I interrupt no you. no problem and listen I'll take a 38 year old Iniesta any day of the week by the way uh, and pay 5 million from um, but no if we can get those two Japanese players in and then you know who are, I've actually not heard that many rumours about other players, you know, you get the sort of the usual Kevin Nisbet and Aaron Hickey links, people like those those guys. But uh, I think if we brought on another attacking midfield player, because once you go beneath Turnbull and Rodrick, you know, you've got you've got Ewan Henderson there, but he just doesn't seem fancied at all. And I think he's actually out on loan just now. But it's it's quite bare when it comes to attacking midfielders. So maybe another one of those, but. Yeah, I mean, as the comment said, I'm actually looking forward to a, a transfer window for once. Yeah, I am too. And, and Martin, just to, to touch on this, he's seen the comments, he's seen good afternoon to us both. And he would just like to say the event of the Hydro last night with Larson sitting in Hearts, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I wasn't there myself, I know you went past it, but it looks as if everybody had a rare old time. The King of Kings was back in town, um, and there was a few decent enough players. And amongst them, we talked about attacking midfielders. I think Lubomir Maravchik and Alan Thompson was in there too. If we could get uh, two players like that in to do the business for us, I'm sure we'd be well delighted if that was what came in. Um, but but going on that, um, we're talking about this in terms of you know people are saying five, six players maybe to come in, and you Sean saying that six players. Would you say that you know we've got enough time in those couple of weeks to you know? Let, let those guys settle into Celtic because we've saw Kyogo, you know, 26 year old Japanese boy who's came here, he's made a great effort. Obviously, I think he's learning English and stuff just now. He's fitted in with the manager absolutely perfectly. You can see he's got a really good bond with his teammates. Um, do you think the transition will be as seamless as that for some of the other guys, or is there a wee worry that bringing in so many into a settled group could upset the apple cart just a wee bit? No, I, I think, you know, when we sign players, I think you you you've got to look beyond the footballing ability. You know, you know, in twenty thirteen, you'd have probably taken a player of the ability of Mario Balotelli, but I think as we've seen at Liverpool in twenty fourteen, when you sign a guy like Mario Balotelli, it really can upset the dressing room because you know I think the character has to be right. You know, he's got to be 
a consummate professional and he's got to understand that he needs to work hard and earn the jersey and stuff like that, you know. And um, I think, you know, Andrew will look at that, Michael Nicholson will look at that, the scouts will look at that and I think they'll get it right. Um, obviously, don't want to bring in about 12 players again. I think that would upset uh, things, but I can't see us bringing in 12 players. I can't even see us bringing in six players, actually. I think you're probably looking at three or four because, as you said, Angie's looking for quality that fit the system. Uh, and, you know, even if we get three in, two of them being the two Japanese guys that we've already identified, I'd be quite happy with that. Yeah, um, another guy who probably would be like a new signing come that time is Chris Julian. Um, we feel as if we're on the peak and it's deja vu weekly because we don't have any update on him. Um, as far as we know, Paul, I, I think he is in training, Patrick, but I don't think he's anywhere near it. The manager's not touched on him. The manager said that Rodrick should be back for Thursday evening. Beaton should be two. And that Starfield and Greg Taylor aren't far away, but absolutely no update on Chris Julian, who we're yet to see featured under Ange Postacogo. It's a bit mental, Patrick, to think that was nearly a year ago that he clattered into that post, and I've not seen him since after um, a whole COVID scandal that he caused when he probably shouldn't have been there as an injured player. But Well, we I don't think he that. caused it. I don't think he caused it. No, I'm just saying that he was a, he was a man... Ah, he, he was at the centre of things. And I've yes. not seen him since, so... Um, hopefully we, we do get him back because I think he would be like a new signing in January Patrick. I really do because we're just yeah. not seeing him featured and at the weekend um, and in the past couple of games obviously Vickers is going to miss out in the, the Leverkusen game and we're going to get Starfelt to turn in that means we'll, we'll have probably you know the option of Starfelt in Welsh at centre half for the Leverkusen game but games like this would be important to get Julian back in and try and maximise the squad because you know, I would say I've got confidence in Chris Julian to go in there and do a job. I wouldn't say he's a definite starter for me. I think when Starfield comes back, it's going to be Starfield and, and Vickers as he's, you know, they're his players. But there's certainly a job that can still be done by Chris Julian if he does come back and gives his worth to Celtic. Yeah, not only that, you know, we've had, I think the three main starters this year have been Welsh, Carter, Vickers and Starfield. You know, Beton's obviously played both at the back and defensive midfield. And yet of all those four, Ralston is still our biggest threat from set pieces mm. and you know long may it continue but a guy like Julian I mean the amount of headers that Julian scores it's it's to- it's unbelievable um, so if he can big just, games yeah big I mean it, well. even if he can get you know 10-15 appearances second half of the season because I think you know he, he was in the Christmas ad and that was filmed a month ago and he was walking fine but you know walking fine and playing centre-half for Celtic. It's quite a big gap. Um, so, you know, I think the manager said he was a couple of weeks away, but that was about two months ago. So hopefully someone asks him about it soon. Um, and if I'm being honest, I think we'll be fine until the Alawa game on the 22nd of January. Um, so if you can aim for then, I think I'd be, I'd be quite happy. Yeah, it would be nice to see him return before them. Um, Robert from Highlands came in in the comments. Good afternoon. He's saying to us that we need some height. We're still losing goals at set play. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, in Stafford and, and Vickers, I thought Vickers at the in Sunday part, it was absolutely immense. Once again, he's just really cool customer. You can always count him in to make that last challenge. I really do wonder where we'd be had we not got him in so late in the, the window there in the summer. Um, and I, again, you know, we, we speak about Jota so much, but I think he's a really important player to, to get in in the pre-contract too because, uh, you know, sorry, not the pre-contract, the option to buy because he's been an absolute rock for us at the back and I think he definitely suits what Andrew's trying to do. But, um, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. What's your thoughts on that? I think we are quite a wee team. I don't think, you know, you do need, you know, big six-foot-ten six giants in there, but I do think we need a wee bit of height in there, especially when it comes to, to corner kicks because something, you know, we spoke about on Thursday, um, I've not got on to Leverkusen yet, was that, that sticking point of the, the corner once again. And in set pieces, we, we don't effectively probably use set pieces, especially corner kicks, as much as we'd like to. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I think we'd be looking to overtake Hearts or get closer to Hearts in the table. If we hadn't got Carter Vickers in on our loan, uh, I don't think we'd be ahead of them. Because I think he's probably uh, saved us a couple of points this season. Um I think he's probably our most important defender. You know, all of them have been impressive in their own ways. You know, 
Um, Welsh looks like he can he, he can uh, be up to standard most of the time playing against you know SPFL and European opposition, uh, and then you know Starfield Carter Vickers really impressive. Ralston came on to a game this season, and you know Jovanovic is Jovanovic, but yeah, equally as important and probably five and a half million pounds cheaper than Jota. So I can see us getting that one over the line pretty early in the summer, hopefully, because I think he's actually only 23, 24. Uh, but because of how physical he is, you, you just assume that the guy's 29, 30. But absolutely massive, uh, massively important for us, and hopefully we sign him up. Yeah, I think we will miss him against Real Betis. I know it's, again, it isn't going to... I mean a lot in terms of looking at the Europa League but in terms of just you know a big game that I think we'd like to win um, we will miss him in that game I was you know a bit gutted the night when he picked up that booking and knew he would be out but um, we rest for him might just doing the world a good in that game mm-hmm. and obviously they'll come back to, to play another big game against Motherwell um, Robert McEwen again has come in with a comment here to say Big Ange should mention the Rand 2 he sure did mention the Rand 2 and it's um, it's a fresh breath of fresh air pass that we are looking at different markets and you know starting to act like a proper football club and pick players out of countries <coughs> that they maybe you know wouldn't have went to before and you know putting that kind of snobbishness that I spoke about to one side and going in there because it has worked before you know if you, you look at guys like Victor Wanyama and other players you know it, it can work if you give somebody the chance to go and pick out the right player and if you've got your scouting systems right and your scouts are doing their jobs properly. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I, I've actually not heard that. I didn't realise he mentioned Iran. Um, mm. It's certainly not a market I would have thought of. Um, you know, that speaks to the snobbishness that you, you mentioned there. Uh, you know, I can't comment on any Iranian players or the Iranian league, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, if it's, you know, safety-wise and all that, if we've got scouts there, then they're, they're looking at all the all the options, all the players, and... I, probably cheaper than the Japanese market as well you know I know we get Japan's best player in Kyogo for three or four million pounds but you can probably get Iran's best player for one or two million pounds uh, if I'm being honest so yeah it's just about maximising resources you know and there's a debate about whether six and a half million for Jota is maximising resources I happen to think it is I think you struggle to get a player of that quality for less than six and a half million uh, if we can, brilliant. But yeah, no. Looking forward to the January January window, and you know we've got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, we do have a lot of work to do, and just to clarify that one in Jota, JJ Celtic's coming in to say if an EPL team offers say, seven or eight million for Jota, he might be away. Patrick, what is your understanding of this? Because my understanding is that Celtic have first refusal to to buy the player first before any clubs can get a. A sniff at him with the option to buy that the fees actually already agreed. If you want to carry on with the fee, we have first refusal. I think the only sticking point would be the actual player himself rather than any deal with the clubs. Is that how you understand it between Celtic and Benfica here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think they can sell him to another team if we want to buy him, but at the same time, he can just refuse a contract at Celtic. One thing that is promising, you know, he's, he's obviously not came out and said that, oh yeah, I really want to sign permanently because, you know, players just don't do that. Uh, but he has he has said that, you know, he's, he enjoys it. We're growing as a team. Uh, they're all good friends in the dressing room. He's loving his football. And I think people need to remember as well, it's the first uh, top-level side that he's played for regularly. You know, I think it was uh, Valladolid last season. I think he only played 14 times and I don't know how many of those are starts. So, you know, you're you're talking about a 22 year old, 23 year old guy who's playing football regularly for the first time at the at the top level, and he's probably been wanting to do that for four or five years. And Celtic and Ange have given him the opportunity. So, not only that, you know, we're going to hopefully get competitive at a, a certain European level by next season as well. So, I think it would be an attractive. I think it was just about to say it would be an attractive proposition, which he sure would be. Um, but the understanding is that Jota, um, if Celtic wanted to to buy the player, then Celtic would have the first refusal on that. The only thing that could change about the actual deal is if Jota didn't want to come. I was just about to say that you were going to say it would be an attractive opposition there, Patrick. Um, we were talking about wingers, another winger, 
who is back in training, and we've been asked here by Stephen McDowell about this, is any news in Carnival Code and Belly. Um, obviously, we saw him featured Patsy early on, pre-season, and to get a horrific tackle in the game against Sheffield Wednesday. I think it was Palmer, the Scottish international at Dunham, and uh, he's been out ever since. Um, I know you're a fan. I think he's, he's got something about him as well. We saw him featured you know, a very small part at the end of last season. He came on and scored a goal. I think that was against St. Johnson. He came on and scored for his last game at Celtic Park. Um, do you think there's a future for, for Karamoka and Billy at Celtic? I think the contract is needing up. Um, one, do you think it would be a good idea to offer him a contract? And two, do you think Celtic will offer him a contract? Yes and yes. Uh, whether he signs it or not, I don't know. Because, you know, he's got something like 600,000 followers on Instagram. He's probably got, you know, he's featured for the England under-18s. He's probably got quite a a well-connected representative and a football agent. Um, so he's probably got offers from all around the world. No doubt every single Premier League team would probably take him uh, in their academy or sort of on their bench, you know. I don't doubt Brendan Rodgers has probably looked at him for Leicester as well. Um but you know, I'd definitely offer him a contract because you know, the, the wages that we are play we are paying Albin Ayeti and Vasilis Barkas and, you know, all these other players that don't get a game you as well signing up Karamoko Dembele on, you know I don't know what he's earning, maybe five thousand a week or something. You know, it's I think it's well worth trying to keep him around as long as possible because even if he has one or two good seasons, maybe when he's twenty twenty one, we can sell him for a, a big fee. You know, um, there have been coaches coming in the comments here to say Strachan, Stain, and Anne seems happy. And I didn't really think last year I'd be having this conversation with you, but um, supposedly, um, I think it was Alan Nixon that, that put out the tweet there that Gavin Strachan was approached for the job at Hartlepool, um, Jeff Sterling's side, and. Uh, but that's that's only reason I know anything about Hartley. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. Honest, because Jeff Sterling supports him, and um, he's turned it down. So, yeah, pretty a strange one, Patrick. But he obviously, you know, started the Christmas ad with his laptop. <laughs> um, he's been called a very important part of what we do here. Um, yeah, Gavin's done at Celtic. Are you happy about that? Because you know, I, I think. All the conversations that we had last season seem to have went to the one side about Gavin Stacking and John Kennedy and the manager uh, seems to be quite happy with, with those two as well as Stephen McManus. Yeah, um, I wasn't uh, overjoyed when I found out that they were going to be Andrew's backroom team, uh, I'll be honest. But he did make the point in his first press conference that these are guys who have been here for years, not tracking obviously but the rest of them been here for years and they've won a lot of trophies and had a lot of success with them and they've worked under some pretty high quality managers as well including the one they're working under just now so why change a winning formula or, you know on Gavin's tracking I think people saw a form last season and then saw the laptop put two and two together and get seven you know uh, I don't think the laptop was ever the problem I think it was you know the guys in charge but uh, yeah relatively happy that he's staying if not for the football, for the comedy factor alone. Um, I, I I honestly don't know how, how big an influence he is, but it's working just now, so happy to keep him. Yeah, and uh, I think there have been coaches who got a point here. You know, why would they let him go with the Christmas and his full thing? Absolutely. Why would you let anybody go? So having striker is not leaving Celtic. He's quite happy. Do you think that was one of his father's recommendations when he was in doing his, his wee stint there for a few months? I think that's over now, Patrick, that we definitely keep a hold of, of Gav. I think that's just come to an end, hasn't it? Because I think we beat Dundee 6 nothing in August and it was like the next day they announced that role. Um, so I think he's probably left a few weeks ago. Thank goodness. But yeah, yeah, keep my son would probably be a, a, a good recommendation. <laughs> you know? Do, do you think, um, actually on that point, it's something that I've not really spoken about a lot, but do you think that, you know, G uh, Gordon, not Gavin, Gordon's had any influence and there obviously we saw Antoine McElhone uh, come in during that, that period there. Um, again, I don't think the football department since then has really been added to it at all. We've kept with the same three coaches. McElhone's only real development in there. Um, do, do you think he had any kind of hand in that, a, a recommendation? And uh, in terms of, you know, looking forward to, you know, 
players? Do you think he's he's had sit down conversations with fans to talk about the whole football department at the club, or was he just there as a go between between board and manager? He's probably had a quite a few conversations with Ange. You know whether he was responsible for McElhone, I think you said. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if his only influence was getting Lee Griffiths to join Dundee on loan. Uh, I think he's done a, fan- a fantastic job, you know. Uh, if that is his one contribution in this role, then I'm delighted with it, you know, get him back. Uh, but, you know, he's probably left now, you know. There was no official announcement from the club on it. There was no official announcement from the club on McElhone, you know. It's disappointing, in my opinion, uh, when these things don't get announced and it's not clear to the fans what's happening. But, you know, it's anyone's guess what the influence was. I think the consensus was that it was one of Dermot's mates and he was trying to exert more influence in the boardroom uh, and on the football department, which, you know, I'm not a fan of. I think you should just sort of let Ange do what he's doing and back him, basically. Yeah, but we definitely should back him. And, you know, on that point with Gordon starting to come in, I think there was a, there was a lot of worry about, you know, the actual appointment in. But again, I found a comment that really strange at the AGM at a Celtic saying they like to just do their business behind closed doors and not out in the open. But I think, you know, as season ticket holders, both of us would like Celtic to be far more transparent with us and letting us know what's going on. Because, you know, I think from, from bits of, you know, fan media pressers and stuff, that McElhone has had an influence in that Celtic dressing room. And, you know, for the past year and a good bit, Celtic have not had a lot of praise for many things, but you know they could have got a bit of clout and it's denouncing that because it was a position that we know desperately needed filled and it has been filled with somebody who seems to be doing a pretty good job at it. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> you know, he worked at Tottenham, and you know, of the big six, Tottenham sort of get mocked for being this sort of pretend big team, but in this in in the large context of world football, they're operating at an extremely high level and. If McElhone was good enough for them, then it is a bit of a coup for us, you know, whether people like it or not. Uh, and, you know, it's just, I think that's the, that's the regret with the Dominic Mackay. You know, he was meant to be this sort of new communications man. And, you know, what happened with the football side of things and the business side of things, we don't know. But it's disappointing that the communication seems to have been... Back to back to the old ways again, where we don't communicate properly with fans, and you know, announcing a sports scientist. I don't think that's doing stuff in the open. I think that's just you know sensible. And we've seen with with Motherwell away, we we won two 0 away to Motherwell in uh, the middle of October. I think everyone was saying uh, after the game how fit we looked. You know, going right up until the ninetieth minute, and that was only a few weeks after Michael Hone came in. Yeah, right. Speaking on fitness, we need. To- tackle that um, last Thursday evening Bayer Leverkusen we're winning the game you know we make the substitutions we basically take off the full front three within four minutes um, then go on to lose the game 3-2 in many ways it paid dividends we went to win the game on, on Sunday and I thought when personally I thought on Sunday watching the game Patrick I know you agree to me that we looked like a team that had played Thursday evening got back late went to to Bertie's funeral on, on Friday and not had a lot of time to actually train and uh, rest. Um, <coughs> in terms of the subs and Thursday, what was your thoughts on it? Because I think, you know, with the amount of games that we've got, we've got 10 games now uh, up until the, the break. I think from now on, we've played two of them. Or it's, it's 10 or 11 games, I think we 10 in December. Um, we've got a massive amount of games. We don't have a lot of depth. Was he right to take off those players at that point in time? Or sh- what, what was your thoughts on it? I don't think you can see anything other than no. Because he took off those players and we conceded two goals and lost the game, you know. How you can say that was the correct decision, I don't know. I mean, Ange, Ange knows better than me, the players' fitness, the players' quality, football tactics. But I, I, it it can't have been worse if we kept players on. I don't think we'd have lost 4-2 if we kept those players on. Surely not. Um, you know, the players that came on as well, I think it was Ayeti, Abad and Mikey Johnson were the front three. And the golfing quality you know, to me is just completely different. Aye, maybe Abada made for Abada and James Forrest, but for the other Abada two, had a a good August. You know, uh, the rest of them, you know, Ayeti hasn't had a good anything. Uh, Mikey Johnson had a good August twenty nineteen. You know, uh, the guys just whether it's 
I, I don't know if they're not up to quality just now or they're not up to quality at all. But, you know, Ange has been here for five months now working with these players. And I think he's been working with people like Ayeti and Johnson from the start. And he still can't get anything out of them. So, you know, I'm just not entirely sure it's going to work out for these players. And this is where the depth thing comes in. You know, if we were to compete at that level, and don't get it wrong, we, we've competed against Bayern Leverkusen in both games. The first game didn't seem like it. But we had our chances, and we could have we could have got something. I think, uh, as daft as that may sound, we lost four nothing. But I think we've been competitive in all four games, and if it wasn't for a lack of depth, I think we might have get through in the Europa League. Yeah, Bill Paul's came in here in the comments says we need to be able to rely on John Kugo for ninety minutes. Leverkusen trusted big guns for ninety is why we raise players in easy league games. Is there an easy league game for you at this point in time, Patrick? Because certainly if you look at, you know, Bayer Leverkusen, you know, in Leverkusen in the first evening and then returning to play Aberdeen at home, um, you know, not a lot of time between both games. I think probably my perspective on it was it's okay to make those subs if you've got the, the depth to, you know, replace them. If you're going to maybe take off a jot and say Maeda does come in and that's the sub that you're making, it's, you know, itchy-peachy. But at this point in time, what we've actually got there in terms of the quality and the gulf between both players, I just don't think we're, we're able to do it. And I can get why he did it, but I just don't think we, you know, he knows what he's got there that we can actually make those subs, especially taking the whole front three off in the space of four minutes. If you're maybe going to do that, it's maybe a case of spreading that out. But I think he was, you know, he was fairly um, self-aware of that after the game and saying that you know, we're not at this level yet. And I think the impact he expected them to have in the game just wasn't there for them. Yeah, I think the impact that he wanted was just sort of, you know, keep pressuring their defenders and don't make any mistakes and get back when you need to get back because there's only 15 minutes to go, you know. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, but no, you know, we, we just need more depth. And as Ange said, you need quality depth. You can't just have players that play a position, you know, because that's, that's what Ayeti and Mikey Johnson are at the minute. You know, they might come onto a game, I don't know, but... They're definitely not good enough for where you want to be. You know, Mikey Johnson's playing games against Hearts, Rangers, Livingston and isn't up to scratch. And we want to be at a level where we're competing with Bayer Leverkusen. So players like that are, are well off it. Well off it, yeah. in my opinion. Um, you know, EGAC text came in here to say they've been a film watching Europe this season but we didn't really succeed um, that's my worry for the SPFL are we cynical enough and can we be better at say pieces you know Patrick I didn't think you know beating Aberdeen 2-1 was kind of in the hands mould either I thought we were going to be really up there or down there but we, we are showing signs of a team that can grind out victories when you really need to I know obviously you know the game against Livingston is not one of those examples whole war away but you know as we progress a wee bit here, we are starting to show a wee bit. And again, one of the points we'd make about Leverkusen is that uh, Jack Amakis, I know we've not seen a lot in terms of him in front of goal, uh, free scoring, but in terms of, you know, like we can work against Ferenc Varos, say, I thought he held the ball up very well. And if we did look to do that in first, we did that job so much better than Albina Yeti. Um, do, do you think we've got, you know, got it in is to just kind of grind out games like that that we, we did on Sunday there that, that can you know eventually take you to a league title and win games 2-1-1-0 one, one, Well that for Vink's Havos game fairly enough you know we're 3-1 up and you know I don't want to pick on them but Mikey Johnson makes a mistake and it ends up being 3-2 you know it is a good finish uh, but as you say Yakimakis that that is one part of the game he's done really really well so far holding the ball up winning fills you know for such a big guy he wins some that of fills Um yeah, and yeah, we did do really, really well against Aberdeen to see out the game. You know, we spoke about Michael Hone and the fitness. That 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 plays a factor. Jovanovic uh, clears that off the line. I'm not sure if that's 1-1 one, one or 2-1 he does that, but it's a, it's an important header either way. And, you know, they did have they, they did have a few half chances. You know, they got the ball up the park. Um, but no, it, it is important to see these games out because as dominant as we are, 2-1 isn't, it's a fine margin, you know, uh, it can change the course of your season if you concede one goal, so important that we held on. Paul's asking, and sorry, he's saying here that we've been grinding out games for a while now, relying too much on Jota, he thinks, 
uh, simultaneously worrying and encouraging. Need to see some actual Ange ball again soon. Um, but Ange ball is free flowing attacking football. It's aggressive pressing. It's you know being up in people's faces and and doing that. I think at times, or even with our grinding out games, there is signs of that. I mean, Kyogo, for instance, in that St Johnson game was constantly at Xander Clark, and that is what leads to to the the goal that, that James Forrest eventually gets. But you know, I think you know personally for this month, it's just all about this. So if we can get three points each game. I'm not going to look into it too much because I think we will add to the squad in January and hopefully after a wee break, it might just be a completely different team once again. Yeah, um, you know, you were saying there about uh, the St. Johnson goal. That comes from pressing, winning a second ball, immediately attacking their goal. We cut back, lucky deflection and Forrest as a half volley. You, you go away to Leverkusen. And if our second goal isn't free-flowing attacking football, I don't know what free-flowing a free-flowing attacking football is, because that second goal is phenomenal. Uh, I it think it may be goal of the season. Uh, and you know, we even get Frimpong involved in it, which was just amazing from Beaton, the foresight there. Uh, and then, of course, our opening goal against Aberdeen, the, the chip over the top from Turnbull, the wee touch from McGregor, and the finish is phenomenal. So, you know, we can't do Ange ball for ninety minutes. You know, we're, they're not machines, they're human beings and they've played a lot of games already this season but we are scoring good goals we're holding on, we're getting three points um, and you know, December's always a tough month anyway, you know, it was obviously awful last year because of, you know, last year but uh, we, we always pick up injuries, we always drop a couple of points and I think you just need to scrape it out really yeah, but we do need to scrape it out. And again, one of the comments coming in here is, you know, we do need to grind out these games and then win games we don't deserve to win, uh, using set pieces and being more cynical. That's a game from AGSC Tech. Have you watched us in any games this season, Patrick, and probably thought, you know, we didn't deserve to win that, but we've got the win? Or would you say when we have grinded it out, we have, you know, thoroughly deserved to win the match? No, uh, I, I think every game that we've won, we've deserved to win, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think the start can be good. The stats will probably reflect that. However, we have lost games that we didn't deserve to lose, so we'll need to, you know, these things balance themselves out, allegedly, in the course of a season, so we're going to end up winning games that we don't deserve to win, because I think we, we'll, we'll have to if uh, we want to win the league title. But, yeah, just need to keep on grinding out results, and if, if we can just grind out good results for December and then kick on playing Ange Ball, from January till till May, I'll, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, I'll be more than happy as well because when it's at its best, it's really good to watch. By the way, um, you know, again coming in from AJC Tech saying that Leverkusen didn't deserve to beat us. I, I don't think Joe Hart deserved to concede three goals other night either. I thought he had a, a great performance, and at times, you know, some of the Celtic players really, you know, Kyogo Jota, a good few of the other boys just didn't deserve to even beat on and didn't deserve to be in the end there. A defeat, but it did because it happened because they call it their subjects had and it was it happens. They were missing five players on Thursday, Patrick. They are a very good side. They play in one of the best leagues in the world. To me, Thursday evening was a clear progress in eight weeks under Ange Postecoglou with a, a squad that you know was very similar to what he had in the first game, but <coughs> it is developing and it can only get better. And I think things will get better under Ange Postecoglou if the Celtic board give him the backing that he needs and he gets the time to, to work with these players properly. Yeah, I mean, the 4-0 home defeat, although he played well, was probably a low point in the season. That was probably when pe- people's doubt in Ange was at its highest point, you know, and ever since then we've been absolutely phenomenal. Even when we lost on Thursday, we were phenomenal. Uh, you know, if only games finished on the 86th minute, would I get a 2-2 draw? Don't start to sound like the Aston <laughs> manager now. <laughs> oh, well, uh, no, just, you know, looking forward to Hearts and Dundee United uh, because it's just another opportunity. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity. Obviously, back to domestic games, Aberdeen was that first uh, league game that we, we'd go at. Obviously, we'd get the St. Johnson League Cup semi-final at the way, but getting back to SPFL games is important. Um, Ian McMillan's came in in the comments here to say we looked at a tired team on Sunday, relying too much on our better players. We need reinforcements of a better level than we currently have to win the league. I totally agree with you on that. I think you do as well, Patrick. As I said, Darren, I think that you know we looked like a team that went toe to toe for a long period of time in Germany in the first evening, had went to Bertie's funeral on Friday, then returned probably for a very light training session 
on Saturday, then played the game on Sunday. Patrick, the break, you know, it's 10, 11 games away. How important is that going to be for Ange to get a couple of weeks for his players in the, the training ground properly? Because he'll, he'll have time with some of them when, you know, the likes of uh, Kyogo, McGregor, Turnbull go away in international duty. There'll be some of them left behind. But there's a good part of that Celtic contingent go out and play in international um, go out and play for their countries. So how important do you think that wee two-week period could be and you know, the rest of the season just getting that training ground again and trying to reinforce all the basics that you're trying to do with this team? Yeah, I mean, we've been quiet on a sort of warm-weather holiday uh, or warm-weather training camp. Um, it was more of a holiday last year, of course. I think it'll um, be uh, based in the UK this year. Yes, certainly. I don't think it'll be Dubai anyway. I think it'll be that'll be the last country they go to. Um you know, I mean, it's obviously important to our season and, you know, travel restrictions have eased up since then. A lot of the, you know, at least the northern hemisphere of the world has been uh, vaccinated. Uh, so, you know, that opens things up. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, I think the players all sort of get Angie's football and philosophy as it is anyway. But, you know, spending more time with him in the training ground for two weeks won't won't hurt us at all. No, it definitely won't hurt us. And uh, one of their comments here from Monty is, Hart has been great for us, good keeper. I think he has a person that doesn't get as much credit he deserves. When you think back to, you know, we were chopping and changing last season, we went from uh, Barkey to W's term, from Neil Lennon to Scott Bain to then Connor Hazard, then it looked as if it was just getting drawn out a hat weekly. And uh, the, the, the goalkeeper... It probably was. Um, but I tell you something, seeing Sunday, see when it went down after that challenge, I was worried because, I've, you know, Scott being coming on just does not fill me with confidence <laughs> at this point in time. I'm sure you agree on that one. I thought you were going to make a comment about, you know, you feared for his health and safety, but no, uh, all about Scott Bain. No, obviously he wasn't moving for a while, so it was a bit of a concern. You know, it's always a worry when players go down and they sort of stay down, even when the medical team come over. Uh, but no, I think he would, he would be a big risk. And that's actually... You know, we spoke about transfers earlier in the in the bulletin. That's actually an area where I would move everyone on. Um, you could maybe give Connor Hazard more time, but Bain and Barkas for me aren't good enough. Um, I couldn't tell you I've run in the team where I was impressed with Scott Bain. I'll be honest. Uh, Barkas speaks for for itself. You know, there were moments last season, and then just about every game this season, he's been an absolute nightmare and. I think it might just be one of those players. It's like it's like Shane Duffy or something, or even Johansson in his second season. It it just works at a different club. It just doesn't work here, you know. And that's it's unfortunate, but it's especially unfortunate because it's a four and a half million pound mistake. But um, I think we need someone of heart quality or slightly less to be on that bench because Scott Bain coming on. I think the full ground was a bit nervous at that prospect. Yeah, when he started warming up, I thought, oh, oh, here we go again. But thankfully not, and Joe Hart was okay. Um, that gives us a good link to, to Thursday evening. Um, our former goalkeeper is, of course, the Hart of Midlothian captain and Craig Gordon. Um, Hart's Patrick um, won 2 0 at the weekend against uh, St Mun. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they got a really good result against Dundee United to, you know, put themselves just a wee bit ahead of the curve of them. Um, they sit third just now, Hearts, they are two points behind us, they have played a game more. We of course do have the superior goal difference. Um, what, is your, what is your thoughts been on Hearts so far this season? Of course we, we've played them twice. First game was the, the, the opening day, I think we're a long way away from that game at Tynecastle, and then we played them in the League Cup at Celtic Park. And they did come into the game a wee bit more, but um, this is a big game to really lay down a mark, and this is going to be a real good test for, for Celtic, I think, on Thursday. And again, the players are going to have a wee decent break. I know it's only three days before they play again, but that is a break, I think, to some of the Celtic yeah. players. Uh, yeah, it was. It perplexed me why it was a Thursday, but I think it will work out in our favour. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we can go... I think if Dundee United win tonight, we go five cleave of hearts. Well, if we win and Dundee United win, we'll go five cleave of hearts. Four clear at Dundee United with a game in hand, which would be pretty good going. Um, and as you say, I think it's I think it's actually I, people at Celtic won't talk about it like this, but I think it is a chance for a bit of revenge because at Tynecastle, I think we were the better team. Uh, we scored a goal that should have made it two one, but uh, the referee decided to rule it out for unknown reasons. Uh, he also chose not to send off Andy Halliday for 
what is the most blatant of red card challenges on Callum McGregor I think he'd ever see. So in terms of the game at Tynecastle, we're due, we're due beating them in the league. And then at Celtic Park, I thought they got away with one. Um, it finished 3-2, it should have finished about 8-2. Uh, because we absolutely scalped them. So we're due beating someone by a few goals and we're due beating Hearts by a few goals as well. So I'm really, really looking forward to the opportunity to do that on Thursday. Yeah, I think you know, we'd probably prefer as well to sit Celtic Park and not Tyne Castle, as though, even though I would still be confident going there. Um, I'd happily that, Tyne Castle as well. Yeah, but I was just going to say, obviously that big run of fixtures that we had very early on was difficult. We were going to these grounds and be you know now it's kind of our turn to get the, the games at home and I think you know with the crowd behind us and just really going at teams there's certainly uh, optimism there that you know we can just really gather momentum through this month and you know put a really good run of form together and see where we are come the second of January obviously Hearts Patrick they've not been as consistent as they as they were start of the season um, I think they get beat at first Park two 0 the other week um, it's about a Surprise result, but you know, Robin Nielsen certainly got them playing some good football. They only just came back into the league last year. They're certainly probably at the at a place where they'd be happy to to remain for the rest of the season. And further, their their derby rival, uh, derby rivals were you know finished the season off. And um, how do you think they've come to Celtic Park? Will, will they sit in, pack in, or do you think they might have a go? As obviously they've got boys up there that can can cause problems or. You know, will they be a bit like Aberdeen and try and put the boot in very early on? I think they'll. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll put the boot in over the ninety minutes. To be honest, um, I think they'll probably take inspiration from St Johnston and Livingston. You know, St Johnston, although it might not seem that way to us, probably thought themselves unlucky uh, to lose two 0 back in October. Livingston obviously got the result 0 0 That was our fault though because we missed the penalty. Um, but you know they're. You can use the word physical. They got away with several fouls, is how I see it. Um, Livingston did as well. Uh, so I think if it's another sort of lenient refereeing performance, we could say, um, I think that's what Hearts will set out to do. Um, and, you know, if we are on our game, it won't work because we've got too much quality. But it's all about how we play. Yeah, and again, I don't think, I think I'm right in saying Jota's not played against Hearts. Um, this season at all because when no. we played them in the League Cup Edward was up in front and Jota came in just after uh, Carter Vickers as well left. and I don't think that's another one that's not played against them so I still to see a couple of players play against them Rogic Patrick to me is going to be a massive boost coming back in in first evening too um, he should definitely be back in I know he wasn't in the bench on Saturday eh, sorry Sunday but Rogic coming back in I think at times I don't know if you've noticed that a lot of the time Kyogo's still making absolutely sensational runs and you know stretching defences, but we just don't have that wee cutting edge just to play that ball through. And even Beaton coming back in for games like this could be you know a big player because I thought again on a last Thursday when he came off that was one of the points when the game changed too. I thought it was absolutely outstanding in Leverkusen. Yeah, um, I don't know if both of them will be starting the game uh, because you know he may give Turnbull a rest. Uh, he might stick with McCarthy. It's hard to tell, but. I think you've got to be going with McGregor, Turnbull and Rogic. If if all three are fit and available to start, I think that's that's the team you have to go with. Because you know, they're they're going to be physical anyway. You know, Beaton has a has the capacity to be railed up in games like this, you know. Uh, make a stupid foul and stuff. But no, I think you've got to go with your best eleven and just, you know, Ange Ball try and outscore the opposition. Um, yeah, I think Beaton would probably actually suit this game, but again, as you say, as a risk, probably bringing you know two players that just returning injury, returning from injury back in. Um, you mentioned James McCarthy. What was your thoughts on his his game on Saturday? Played a really lovely ball through that led to the second goal. But one of the moments that amused me quite a bit was you know everybody was shooting for the team to go forward, and he played a pass to the side and was going to calm down. Um, <laughs> I think you know. Going on that and, and Sunday, I think if he's going to you know grow a wee bit into the, the the jersey in terms of game time, you know it could be an important player for us going forward, especially if he's going to put those wee cutting edge ball passes through. I'm sure he'll go for the hash. He would be happy with a ball like that uh, any day of the week. Well, he played it through to Jota against Wraith Rovers, didn't he? It was an identical ball, you know. Unfortunately, a bad I couldn't finish it, but McGregor got his backside to it. Um, 
from the clearance. Uh, no, it was a good ball, and you know Lawrence has spoken about it quite a bit. In fairness, you know that he, he played in a, as an attacking midfielder in his youth, and he's obviously still got that in him to play those balls because it, it's, it's it's one of the ones that you don't always see it until it's played. And credit to him for seeing it. Um, I actually thought Abada was offside, but. It uh, was it was well on in the end, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's got three and a half years on his contract, so mm-hmm. he's got plenty of time to feature. You know, there's no rush from a sort of you know like a Mikey Johnson or an Albion Ayeti. He doesn't need to stake a claim in the team. He's got plenty of time. You know, he's probably not. He, he could well retire at the end of this contract. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, as long as he does a job. We'll see what happens to James McCarthy. Thanks to everybody that's came in in the comments as per usual today. I know it was only the two of us. Lawrence should hopefully be, be joining us next week. But we'll see what happens. Celtic transfer-wise, whether Hatate will be in um, in January, whether Maeda will be in. Other players we might be linked with this month. I forgot to say at the start of the show, happy St Andrew's Day to everyone, everybody listening in. And uh, also, happy birthday to my friend Matt McGlone, who's celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday to Matt if he's tuning in. Thanks everybody for, for tuning in today. Your support is always welcome. You'll probably see our charity weekender is very slowly upon us. Um, if you look at, at Axon Pod on Twitter or at Paul John Diggs Twitter, you'll see all of our guests that will be joining us this week. Um, hopefully you can tune into that. We'll raise a few quid for charity. But um, thanks everybody for joining us and thank you for listening to and watching A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.